Blog Talk Radio. February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com.
From the South Georgia Plains to the North Georgia Mountains, once a year, the young and the old descend on our NASCAR race weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway, building new traditions and rekindling old ones as a new season springs to light. Racing runs deep into the heart of Georgia. February 23rd and 24th, it's Saturday's Renai 250 and Atlanta 200 doubleheader and Sunday's thrilling Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Sunday tickets start at $49 and kids' tickets are just $10 at AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com. Good evening from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Spain alongside of SpeedweekDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in Commonwealth, Virginia. Stephen, how you doing this evening, bro? Doing pretty good tonight. Sounds good. Y'all got some nice weather up there like we got here. It, Stephen, it got up to 72 degrees here in Talladega today. 72 on February 5th. We didn't get up that high yet. I think they're talking about something like that later on this week for us, but uh, we had it in the 60s um, today. That's still pretty comfortable for up there. Yeah, for this time of the year, yeah, it is. Um, so um, it'll be um, – I, I, I like the weather. I like the weather, but it's, changing, it's starting to change over a little bit early. But they said that as soon as we get through this little bit of stretch here, yeah, that it's going to go back right to being cold again. So, you know. Can't win for losing sometimes. That's right, brother. And let everybody know the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Like I said, I'm Tim Despain, LongSideSpeedwayDigest.com. It's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Coming up here at 20 minutes after the hour, we've got uh, owner-driver, uh, B.J. McLeod Motorsport. Mr. B.J. McLeod is going to swing by and, and chat with us about his deal, getting ready to go down there to to, uh, to a Daytona. And, Steve, I know you and I – we. We've had a lot of news come out, and I want to cover this one thing before uh, before we get BJ on. And then I know you I know you want to talk about that NASCAR competition change and all that. But uh, the ARCA Racing Series they're doing something that that the series hadn't done in a while, and well, the series hadn't ever done to my knowledge. And NASCAR, there's a lot of NASCAR fans that would like to do this too. Uh, ARCA and Daytona they're going to open up the garage area on. Uh, uh, I can't remember the time, Stephen. I think they're going to open up for just a couple of hours, uh, or maybe an hour and a half. They're going to let fans come through, and that's that's going to be a big deal for a lot of race fans just to actually walk through the Arca Garage and see how everything works there, bro. Yeah, ARCA is doing that. It's something that NASCAR also says that they're looking at doing on opening up the garages uh, on, on race day. Uh, the one thing is that I kind of have some reservations about it. The, the, the garages in some of these places are fairly small. Um, Daytona uh, is one of those ones that it's not really that small. I mean, there's plenty of room down there in Dega and some other places, but the way that these these these, tra- these tracks are designed, they, they don't necessarily have the, the biggest garages in some of these places. And um, we see it all the time where there's there's a lot of people down there and uh, sometimes there's just too many people down there, many people that um, get in the way. We've seen at Bristol where people have gotten uh, run over by cars in the infield of Bristol. Um, so, you know, I kind of have some reservations about it. Um, sure, I mean, there could be some times where there's no activity going on in, at the track, and they can open it up or something like that maybe early in the morning. But 
still these these garages are still active garages. There's still tech inspections going on. There's people working inside of these garages. There's a lot of movement within these garages. And I think sometimes that, you know, this is gonna this is gonna hinder some of the teams a little bit more in the fact that uh, these open garages will uh, uh put just put too many people down there um for them to to work. So um while it's good for the fans and I think, you know, we've we've uh we're opening up the sport more and more all the time. Um I just think that this might be a little bit of the reverse of that where it's uh yeah, it, it, I, I guess what they're looking for is they're looking for the safety procedures and all the procedures put them into place. But um, my opinion is kind of just, um, uh, you know, we, there's people that come down there with hot passes, cold passes, sponsor passes, things like that, and there's already a fair amount of them. So when you add in an open garage on top of that, I mean, it just it can make this in some situations very impossible for, for people to work inside the garage. I will agree, Stephen. And to also add to your uh, to your point there, uh, at least they're not going to do it while the garage is hot. Uh, I found the uh, the time it's going to be. You're going to have to purchase a fan zone ticket to be able to to do this, and it's it's going to be open from 12:30 through 2 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, November 9th, just prior to the start of the race activities. And I. I see where you're coming from, Stephen. Week in and week out, you and I are going to these to these tracks, and I myself, I am guilty. Your your darling bride, AM, saved me here at Talladega back in the fall, and you know how big it is here. Me and you were doing the radio show. You were in the radio room in the Ken Patterson Media Center there at Talladega Super Speedway, and I was walking around trying to get interviews, and uh, Matt Benedetto, uh, his car that weekend here at Dega was like a dark purple-looking color, and it sort of blended in with that black tar surface on the asphalt. And I took one step, and Anne Marie grabbed me and pulled me back. I did not see him. That's another deal, just like you mentioned about safety. And I'm glad that they're going to do it prior to, because you you know you brought up a very good point. You and I, we've been covering the sport for some time now. We go to a lot of tracks, and uh, there's some people. Uh, excuse my. Excuse my statement here, but it's my statement and my statement. Only some people do not need to be in a hot garage, Stephen. They're walking around with their cell phones. You know how they are. They don't have a clue. They can't hear the guy whistle when there's a car coming. You've got to be alert the whole time you're down there. And I hate to keep interrupting, but some people do not need to be down there, Stephen. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. There, there's you know, you have to keep your head on the swivel when you're down there because these are hot garages, they're active garages. Uh, even though that when there's not something going on on the racetrack, these are still active garages. There's still teams working down there. There's still cars that can be pushed through the garage, going through inspection, um, going through template stations, going through various different um, parts to prepare for a race day. So just because there aren't cars driving in and out of there, there is still a lot of activity going on in there. And, it, it, you know, we, we just saw this. I mean, we saw this just uh, about two years ago where somebody was uh, in, in the pits at Bristol and, and Kyle Bush's damaged car, uh, he took it to the garage, and a, a young lady stepped out in front of his car and um, – uh, I believe she dislocated her shoulder or, or, or broke a couple of ribs or something like that. So, you know, these are examples of 
and and the person I'm speaking about was was actually somebody that has been in the racing community for quite some time and knows how hot pits are. So I mean, you know, that's somebody that's been around, been in these pits for for a good majority of their life, and, and that just goes to show that you know accidents can and do happen, even to people that have been in the pits or been around hot garages for a considerable amount of time. So you know, the, the, we we see it all the time, especially it's becoming more prevalent in the social media uh, uh, era where where people are going out there, they're trying to take selfies in the garage in front of moving cars, they're trying to get in front of cars. And, you know, while, while there are guards and people down there that, you know, try and control the crowds, the more that you continue to to, to add to the crowds, the, the more uncontrollable and unpredictable that it can be in some of these situations, and, and especially in some of these smaller pits, uh, like at Martinsville or Richmond or um, – even Darlington is fairly small there. Um, you, it, you know, we, we we could potentially have a potential for this. And, and I think that the tracks are doing a pretty good job about this. You know, this isn't something that we, we hear about on a weekly basis or even on a continual basis. Um, but, you know, as you continue to add more people in there, sometimes that chance and that probability of something happening becomes um, more and more. And I, I understand the reason. I think that, you know, I think these tracks like we've seen Richmond, like we've seen Daytona, like we've seen um, uh, Phoenix and others that are building these garages so you can walk right into them and watch these drivers get in their cars, talking to their teams, the mechanics working on the cars, and they're just feet away from you. Um, it, but they're still, they're, they're in their own walking zone to where they're not, going to be hindering not only the teams or, or maybe endangering their own self, even if it's just accidentally. So again, I get I get we want to get the, the fans down there closer and closer, but at the same time, they, they, we have to be mindful. Everybody has to be mindful in the fact that you know, accidents can happen and do happen in the, these garages, and these are still working garages, even though that there might not be a race car out there on that track at that particular moment. So to to bring the people down there is um, again I think it's good. I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it, this is bad for you know for NASCAR fans to or racing fans in general to be able to get close to these cars. I think they should be able to get close to these cars. Um, I think they should experience the, the sport on every level possible. But at the same time, we have to you know they have to be cautious as to what they're doing in the garage. And you're right, we've seen it time and time again. You've been in the garage. I've been in the garage. Everybody's been in the garage, and and, and inevitably, you know, we that's that split second that sometime, like you were just talking about with Talladega, you've been in the garage for quite a considerable amount of time, and you know, even that split second thing that you know the car change, the color changes in the cars can sometimes, uh, uh, um, you know, like you, you were talking about blending into the asphalt. So. Uh, we just have to be mindful. I think it's a mindful thing, and I think as they continue to develop how they're going to do this going forward, I think this is a good test run to do it with something like ARCA because it is a smaller series, and uh, work from there and develop the policies and procedures um, to ensure that the fans are getting the access, but at the same time, everybody's staying safe. 
Definitely. And to go back to some, just to add to to my statement, I wasn't really calling out everybody that's in the garage. You know what I'm talking about. There is people like you mentioned, that seasoned person that had had that hot pass at Bristol that just that that accident happened. You know, like you said, accidents can happen. But like you mentioned, you brought up a very good point with these people with the cell phones. They're trying to get selfies with the cars moving behind them. And it's so loud down there, especially at these smaller tracks like at uh, your home track, Richmond, like at Bristol, like at Mournful. It's so loud. And even at Daytona and Talladega, it's loud. But it, the the noise can sort of get away from you here at, uh, at, at Talladega. But you're exactly right in exact, exactly what you're saying. Uh, I do agree that uh, the fans, they want to get closer to the sport. And like, uh, you know, uh, Daytona, uh, they've put in, you know, a few years back, they got that they got that big garage area where the fans can walk in there. Uh, your track, Richmond, y'all been doing some upgrades. My track here, Talladega, we're getting ready to do something with our fan zone, with our garages. Also, after we get this new tunnel built in under turn three, right, out, uh, right beside gate nine here, and, you know, ISM Raceway, they've done a lot of stuff also. And what I like about Richmond, Richmond has that, they have that pedestrian walkthrough. And you can walk through, you know, you can park in media park and you can walk up to the up to the uh, press box like you and I did a few years back. It's been a while since I've been up there. But, yeah, to go back, I guess I got off on talking about tracks and stuff. But uh, safety is a big deal. And like I said, I want to bring up, I wasn't calling out everyone. Because there's a lot of people, Stephen, that you see that are seasoned uh, hot pass carriers that actually come down to the garage, and they actually know where to go, where to look, where to go around them cones, and they know, like it's basically here at Talladega, for the way they come out of the garage and come in front of the the Goodyear Tire Building there going out, there's a blind spot. They're coming exactly around a 90-degree turn trying to get out, and that is a bad spot there. And also to bring up, at Homestead Miami Speedway. Suzanne and I made our first trip down there too, Stephen, and you've been down there multiple times. You can talk about this too. Homestead Miami Speedway, there's a stretch through there when that garage is hot that there ain't but about a lane and two feet for the car and the people on either side there for about 100 yards. Am am I right, Stephen? That one little short stretch there at Homestead, and you better be on your game right there. You get your tail run over, brother. Stephen, are you there, son? Yep, sorry, um, I got you. Sorry, but yeah, right there coming out of the victory lane, there is that um, little bit of stretch right there. When they do come out of the garage, they have to make a left-hand turn onto pit road and then an immediate right out of the retaining wall and onto pit road itself. So, um, you know, there, there, there's that little bit of area that – you know, they, those cars come in and out of there, and there's very little room uh, uh, for mistakes in there. And, and, and since fans can literally walk right to it, um, you're right. They, there's that little bit of area that – and they did a lot they, – they were very cautious as to the fact of uh, uh, the security guards being on top of it when we were down there. And I, I had seen that before, but um, to, uh, to, to 
yeah, it, it could be a potential. It could be a potential there as well as anywhere else, to be honest with you. But uh, you're right. You just point out some of the tracks that do have these blind spots in there that, that fans could be walking through and inadvertently accidents happen. And, and you know, of course, fans, they're, they're, depending on your pass, you can't be in the garage. So if you have a hot pass, you can be in the garage. But if you have a, a cold pass, you can't be inside of the garage. But you can still be walking up and down pit road and other areas within the fan zone, which do have cars um, actively driving both into the garage and out uh, onto pit road for qualifying or practice or whatever the case may be. Exactly. So we're waiting on uh, BJ McLeod to come on here for BJ McLeod Motorsports. Uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll come on. I see a I see a call coming in now. Maybe that's maybe that's Mr. McLeod. But uh, if that is BJ, I'm gonna go ahead and stop after I bring this after I talk about this. Uh, Stephen, uh, General Tire announced today that they're gonna be the uh, the uh, exclusive tire supplier for the NASCAR Canyon Pro Series and the Penny Series. And also the Peak Mexico series. That's a big deal, I think, General Tire done when NASCAR acquired ARCA and all that deal there. But I think that's gonna be a gonna be a really good thing there with uh General Tire coming there. But um Stephen, we'll talk about that shortly. Let's bring on driver, owner of B J McLeod Motorsports, Mr. B J McLeod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Hey, Jamie McLeod, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for taking time to call in, BJ. And I know you've got a busy schedule going on. I'm on uh I'm gonna let uh oh uh let me ask you real quick. Are you still working out, BJ? Yeah, absolutely. Stephen, I'm gonna tell you that's one of the biggest men I ever seen get in a get in a get in a race car. But anyway, BJ thanks for I'm on I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Stephen Wilson, SteveBJDigest.com, have you first, and I got a couple of questions. We'll let you jump out of here. Thanks again, BJ. All right, that sounds good. Yep. BJ, thanks a lot for taking uh, time to come on here tonight. Um, you started your team just uh, a couple of years ago in the Xfinity Series, and both uh, you and Tom Jones and others have been in your 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 cars over the last couple of seasons. What do you think some of the hardest? What is one of the hardest things that you have had to learn or adapt to? Both being an owner and a driver in the series, as as also somebody that also splits uh, their time to to the Monster Energy series as you have in the past. I uh, I don't consider any of it hard because I, I'm doing what I love. Um, I've had a passion for racing since I was two and a half years old, and it's you know yeah, there's there's stressful times, there's things you have to make happen, but it's all to try to be successful. It's not to to try to survive and i'm just thankful to be able to do what i do every every day and every week and all year long every year so um you know i i have never really considered what i do hard I'm, I'm very thankful to do it but there i mean there's many different things that you know are hard to to make happen but i you know i 
when somebody asks me, you're the first one that's asked me a question of what I think's hard, and I honestly can't think of anything that would pop, you know, straight up, you know, first first thing to mind that I would even want to answer with. I uh, I think I'm just so thankful to be able to do what I do that I look at everything, no matter how big a problem it might be, that we'll figure it out and just keep on going. Xfinity Series runs a considerable amount of companion races with the Monster Energy Series. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, over the last uh, uh, three, four, five years or so, NASCAR has uh, continuously taken some of those Monster Energy Series drivers out of the series so that you guys have a, a brand identity back to your own. But is it time also for NASCAR, now, now that they've reduced the number of Monster Energy Series drivers that are coming down to the series, but is it also time... For, for NASCAR to start looking at other uh, available options to run the Xfinity Series on to really give them a brand identity and stand out on their own totally free of the of the Monster Energy Series companion races. You know, I, that would that would definitely hurt the small teams if uh, they decided to do that. But I, um, you know, I, I I don't put too much into what NASCAR should do or shouldn't do. I I just try to conform to what they've decided to do and, and work and make my team as best I possible can possibly can for those situations. I mean, I've owned and ran businesses since I was 19 and I've never decided to get into a business and then tell, tell the person that creates the business or has the business that I decided to get into that they should do it a different way. So I, uh, I just stick with whatever, whatever they decide, whichever direction we go. I just get the rules and the layout and the schedule and I work hard to, to make sure we can fit that and continue to build our team to be more successful to whatever the situation might be. I, um, I for one, have always been against taking the cup drivers out. I like the cup drivers being there. I think it's more entertaining for the fans. I don't care about being separated from them. Um, I never have gotten a race with them, really. I'm usually four or five laps down to Kyle or Kevin or any of those guys. But you know what? If I ever get the right funding and get my team built in the right direction, I'd love to get to race them. You know, I don't, I don't want them out of the sport, but that's my personal opinion. So we, uh, you know, we just do what we can to, to fit to the, the situation we're in and work as hard as we can to be successful. What are you most optimistic about here in 2019 going forward? Um, you know, we, we've done a lot infrastructure wise. We've got, uh, you know, we, we were working on a very small shop before, like, you know, I mean, it was small for a super late model team because we did that before, but, you know, it was uh, it was definitely hurting us on having time to prep correctly, and the guys were cramped up. And we uh, we bought a we bought a seventeen thousand square foot um, shop across town there that uh, is actually going to help us, you know, a lot. So we uh, we're looking forward to that. And um, it's you know we've got we got some uh, some new new equipment we've built. We've got 10 new cars to start out the year with right now, and we've still got total inventory over 20. There's only, a, like I said, 10 of them legal right now because of the steel body, composite body switchover. But we, uh, you know, we've definitely got some some new equipment and better area to work, and we're really working hard on on making ourselves, you know, better prepared to to be successful. So I, um, you know, we our per per race you know, budget's no different than it was last year or right now. So I don't expect to see any big on track differences, but I, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, having the, the shop and the, and the better infrastructure and, you know, being more organized is going to create 
uh, better rates and situations for us. My last question for you is is that if you had to give somebody a piece of advice about not only your career but building a, an Xfinity team into NASCAR, what, what's something that you would tell somebody that's either trying to enter the sport or somebody that's already in the sport or, uh, to, to, to make themselves better and something that you've learned from in the past? Um, I've, you know, I've never really tried to give advice. I always just try to take it from everybody I'm around to try and make sure I can get better. So I uh, haven't really thought about what I would say to somebody. I mean, I know one thing you've got to do for sure is, you know, don't fall in anything you don't love because you're never going to be successful in anything you're halfway into. So you definitely need to make sure you're a hundred percent before you get into it. And I mean, there's really no way to know that other than spend a lifetime doing it. So it's, uh, it's really difficult, but I um I definitely, you know, been more the kind of person to just try and learn from everybody I'm around and um set any kind of I, I've never been I've never had an ego. I just never have. Like we we I've just it's not my personality, but I've always tried to make sure that if you ever think you might have one, then you set it aside and just work hard and learn from the people around you because that's the only thing that's gonna make you more successful than what you are. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm going to throw you back over to Tim. Good luck in 2019. Yep. Thank you, sir. I don't know if Tim's still there. He may he may have dropped off. Um, no. right, well, um, I, 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 I'll, I'll let you go ahead and get out. Oh, okay, there he is. Yep. Thanks, Stephen. BJ, you're listed as the owner-driver, and your wife, Jessica, is listed as the owner. Who has the majority stake in this business here, brother? <laughs> have, have you ever been married? The, the yes, wife, sir, the wife always married. has the wife, the wife always has the majority, no matter what the paper says. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got that right, BJ. I just want to throw it out there. But, hey, uh, y'all had uh, mentioned uh, earlier – Back in January, that y'all were going to go to a y'all were expanding to a three car team. Y'all were adding Vinny Miller. Can you talk a little bit about how that deal went down? Yeah, we uh, you know as far as Vinny goes, we we actually started spending time on the lake together. I mean, that's we're up here in Mooresville a lot, so it uh, it's something fun to do when you have a little bit of spare time. Which obviously we don't have a lot, but you know when we would get a chance to go out in the lake we just actually started, you know, spending time together, hanging out on the lake and just uh, enjoying some off time out there. And, you know, it, we've been probably, I don't know, we've probably been hanging out for three, four months, something like that. And um, they started to talk about 2019 plans. And I, you know, we, we had never even talked about it and somehow or another, it ended up shifting to where, you know, he, he was interested in coming here and I was definitely interested in bringing him here because we, uh, you know, it helps because when you race together, you're together a lot. Like, I mean, it's, you're, you're together 33 weekends out of the year, not counting the days during the week and, and all the prep it takes. So it's always cool when you can, you can have a driver that you enjoy being around too. And, you know, obviously I enjoy being around them because we were hanging out on the lake before we even talked about any of this stuff, but it, uh, you know, it turned into something to where he, you know, for, for whatever reason, him and Johnny weren't going to resign for the year after. And I, uh, I was more than willing to take him in and, and work with him and try to help him as much as possible to, to be more successful. So we did that. And then, 
we signed uh, Matt Mills full time. I believe it was end of December, first of January. It's a little blurry now, but anyway, we signed him full time. Um, you know, a little over a month ago, and uh, we had already planned on doing the third car before any of this stuff happened. Like it's been something we've been shooting for because there's just a lot of logistical things that helps with, and it makes it to where we have another opportunity to bring money to the team as far as sponsorship or funding from a driver that, that has it or if it's just a sponsor for the team itself. Either way, it's another opportunity each weekend at the track so or each you know each, each time we go race. So we wanted to have that chance, and we uh, you know we ended up having the two cars funded full-time, and then the third car now is still has – it still has a good amount of races available for, for people to, to come to that, you know, have sponsorship or funding, but, you know, it'll, it'll help make the team better as far as that goes. And um, we can, we can try to just move forward and, and keep, keep making progress. Cause it's, I mean, it's hard. This is a, this is an awesome sport. It's very competitive. So we have to do everything we can to try and get better each year. And you mentioned Vinnie Miller and, uh, Matt Mills there also, and uh, Tommy Joe Martins. Is there any plans, BJ, for you getting in a car anytime this year? Maybe a fourth car or anything like that. I, I we have not talked at all about a fourth car. Um, the uh, the third car is open. Tommy Joe's going to drive it at least ten races, maybe more. Um, we've got some open races there still, but you know we talk to a lot of people that uh, that are good at finding sponsorship and funding and it, the thing is it's like i'm not going to drive my own car if i'm going to hurt the team so i uh i leave that open to you know whatever whatever happens as far as whoever comes with with the most sponsorship or funding to help the team that's the direction we have to go because it is a money a money driven sport and i like it that way honestly i uh i enjoy the fact that you have to chase it and and find the right amount of money to be able to run good and obviously i haven't done a good enough job because we're still we're still 20th to 25th on average but I uh, I like the fact that I'm I'm trying each year to get a little bit better at that and, and make it happen. I uh, I enjoy that. So we'll see what happens. But right now, there's no plans for me to be in uh, in my own car in the foreseeable future. But you never know what will happen. And, BJ, my, my final question, with you being the owner, you know, uh, the late, great uh, Alan Kowicki was a driver owner, which, like you just mentioned, you're probably not – you might not get in a car and you – you might not. If you were to get in the car, just let our listeners know how tough it is to be a driver owner in today's NASCAR Xfinity Series. It's a lot. It's a lot to it, isn't it, brother? Oh yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. And I mean, the I mean, I'd say the you could ask me this question a week from now, and I might answer it a little differently. It just depends on how my weeks go on at that point. But I uh, I think the you know the biggest thing is. I've learned how to separate it. I don't let owning the business affect the way I drive now. I would say that probably at some point it definitely did. Um, but no matter what, even though I've learned how to separate it, you can't help, like once you learn how to run businesses, you can't help but have all the facts in your head at every, you know, second of every minute, every hour of every day. So, you know, when you're racing, even though you're racing, you're driving hard, it's, you always caution comes out things start running through your head of, well, should I do this or should I do that? And and the second that happens, then there's, there's the ideas of of money coming into your head that, well, maybe we should just save this for the next race or, you know, maybe we shouldn't. So I've learned how to, when the green drops, I just drive. Like I, I have, 
I have definitely set it aside from, from uh, you know, letting it bother my mind on how hard I'll drive. Now, there's definitely, I'd, I'd say 98% of the time I drive Johnny Davis's car, I'm driving 80% of what I'm capable of. But we have a goal, and, and he has stuff that he's told me to do, and I'm doing my job. And doing my job makes him and his guys happy, and that's what keeps me coming back. So, you know, we have to you have to look at your, your particular job for each time you're in the car and, and do the best you can. And that's just where I'm at. Now, there's definitely never raced that way and, and would say they wouldn't. But I, um, I'm thankful to have had the opportunities I have, and I'm thankful to be able to do that stuff because if the opportunity is given to me to drive everything I can and not worry about anything, I still can. So I, uh, I'll be happy when that happens. Amen, brother. And before we let you jump out of here, BJ, uh, uh, we're gonna let every, we, we want you to let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and any sponsors that you want to thank. You got the floor. Yeah, just the uh, biggest thing we got a new partner, Coolbox, that's helping us out. They're um, they got a really good product this year. They're they're doing a a new carbon fiber style AC for you know it's for Xfinity and and uh, trucks and Cup and I mean honestly super late models anything you want to put it in but. It's an awesome unit, and they're helping us out, and we're uh, definitely excited to have that in the car. That's going to be it's going to be nice. I've ran quite a few races without AC, so that's uh, that's going to be good to have. So thanks to them, and, and basically just check out BJMCloudMotorsports.com and see what we have going on. And uh, we appreciate everybody that supports us, and uh, the fans are everything to us. So thank you guys, and I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. BJ, thanks again. We appreciate you coming on. Don't be a stranger. Again, just like Stephen said, good luck down there in Daytona. Stephen will be down there. Maybe y'all can run up on each other. Suzanne and I, we will be in Atlanta along with Stephen. Maybe we can run up, maybe get an interview and everything. But, again, BJ, thank you very much for calling in. Don't be a stranger. Be safe in Daytona, and good luck on your whole 2019 campaign, brother. Thank you, and thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome, BJ. Thank you, brother. Bye. BJ McLeod there, Stephen. Uh Owner, op, owner, driver, which, like he mentioned, he might not get back in the car. He didn't know. But they're fielding. I mean, just how tough is it to field a three-car team in a NASCAR Xfinity Series these days? It is really tough, brother. Yeah, it's tough, really, for anybody. Um, you, you see the struggles that even some of the the, uh, uh, the mainstream teams have and, and how hard it is for them to both run up front and uh, get the sponsor funding as well as put together the whole package of, uh, of, of everybody that, that has to work in the shop or, you know, work uh, uh, on the road or, you know, build these cars and just exactly how hard this is overall. I mean, this isn't an easy sport to be in. It takes a lot of financial commitment. It takes a lot of time commitment. And 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 the, the BJ McLeod, as he said, you know, he 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 doesn't know whether he can get in the car, but he wants people to be able to get in the car that can help bring their team forward. And the the these are things that you're he's looking at overall as both a uh, as an owner and a driver, and, and he'll use he'll take his talents and um, let people build his car and build his team. Uh, while he is, is using his talents and somebody else's, so I just think you know overall there's a lot of there, there's a lot of building going on. He says that he's moved this year, which is something that they needed 
uh, more of more space to to continue building teams and or building the team itself. Um, so you know, we'll have to see where it is. He doesn't, you know, he's not trying to put out unrealistic unrealistic expectations out for him or his team this year, but just says that they'll take it one day at a time. And he corrected me real quick who was the majority owner there. He said, you've been married at the SRM. He said, well, you know who the majority owner is. So Jessica McLeod is the majority owner in B.J. McLeod Motorsports, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got that. Hey, Stephen, let's take a little quick break, get up and stretch your legs. Uh, I want Whenever we come back after this song, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about the new the new rule coming down in NASCAR. And I don't want to say too much about it right now. But, Stephen, let's take a little short break, get up, stretch your legs. Uh, I'm going to go get me a little bit more of Chardonnay wine, and we will be back right after this song. Uh, I'm Tim Despain, alongside Speedway Digest, Stephen Wilson. We'll be right back.
on February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. We're back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim Despain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond, Richmond Raceway. That's hard for me to say, Steve. Richmond Raceway in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, uh, we had a big, big, big announcement that I wanted to talk about earlier, but I knew we didn't have time before we had B.J. McLeod come on. NASCAR announced several competition updates kickoff 2019 season and uh, i've got it up here on the site but i'm gonna let you go through that if you've got it up to let our listeners know and i'm pretty sure i sort of like what they got going on there's a lot of people that's probably not gonna like it but let them know what i was going on with the uh, post-race inspection deal there for the sanctioned body brother yeah so a lot of this is an outcry from from last year is that nescar has now or will now implement a procedure in which they will um, disqualify the 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 car or truck um, if it were to fail post race inspection, and NASCAR will take the first place, the second place in a random car, and they will protect the car at the track immediately following the event. And if the car in first place or the winner of the race is found to uh, be violating the rules, then they will disqualify the car and the second place winner providing the fact that they pass post-race inspection uh, win the event, including the trophy, the points, etc. This goes against everything that NASA stood for uh, inception. Bill France Senior implemented a policy that, or, or not really a policy, but, but a, uh, a, uh, a I don't know how you want to class Bill France Senior, when he started the sport, said the same thing for him who won the race before they left the race. And that's something that stood in the entire picture of NASA. Um, we've seen other series that disqualified the women's car failing post race um, procedures. But NASA has traditionally not done so. Um, this is, again, this is a response to last year where we had a driver that, that won the event, was forcefully found to, to be uh, in violation of, of the rules after it was taken back to the R&D center and inspected post race. And they were subsequently disqualified. They kept saying the wind was so wind. Move around a little bit, brother. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, Stephen. Move around a little bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, NASCAR at the time didn't feel that I was right. And I would get this um, assessment out that the woman should be able to pass a uh, post-based inspection. 
that, um, that, that will begin this year and which will disqualify hospitals. Uh, um, so the, the only thing that's substantially different with this is, is the fact that it's going to go back to r and they're not supposed to these cars off in r and and the trailer coming back to r and
then they have to uh, use micrometers and and uh, and mic out everything within the motor to to make sure that they conform from the top end to the bottom end of the motor. And this is something that can take a, a fairly lengthy amount of time uh, to complete. So as far as making sure that these cars are are um, um, spoilers are in the correct place, that they have the right weight, that they have the uh, uh, um, uh, the front valence is correct, making sure that the rod heights are correct. Um, there's been no intentional damage or no intentional, uh, nothing intentionally modified on the car during the race to give it a performance enhancement, such as we saw with the back window in the car, or, you know, them flaring out the side, the fenders on, I mean, the side skirts. So, you know, they're looking at all these different things to make sure that the car still conforms to, um, you know, what was presented to them uh, pre-race or, or throughout the weekend. And NASCAR teams can take the car through inspection as many times as they want um, outside of an official inspection because NASCAR allows these teams to come through, um, you know, during, during practice times, during off times, um, before they, they tech a car for, for pre-race or post-qualifying, post things like that. So, you know, those things don't count against them. So, you know, they're giving them ample opportunities to go through, present these cars correctly, or if they, you know, have some questions about the cars, they can have the teams or the or the inspectors tech the car and tell them if they're within compliance or whether they need to make any changes before they come through for an official inspection um, leading into an event. So, um uh, uh, yeah, I mean, these are changes that we're going to see, but now in the social media era where teams are and teams are usually hanging around the track for a couple hours, the media is hanging around the track for, for several hours, the track staff have their own social media. Uh, uh, I think that this is, we've moved into an era where we can, uh, uh, where tradition has been held that, you know, NASCAR fans, you know, Bill France always wanted NASCAR fans to know who won the race. You know, we've moved beyond that because those were in the days of no social media. Somebody had to put it in a, in a newspaper and then print it the next day or print a correction two days later. Um, so, you know, we've moved well beyond that. Um, while I'm kind of, I like tradition. Um, I like, again, I see the, the need for it, but back to your question is, is that they are still going to take the first place car, the second place car and a randomly inspected car. Now, if they have to go beyond the second place car, um, I, I, I have not read an official explanation that if the first two cars that they've taken, such as the winner and the second place car, both fail, then what occurs? Um, you know, especially if teams have already started loading their cars up and leaving the racetrack. It's going to be very interesting to see, brother. Uh very well explained there. And Stephen, before we jump out of here, I got one last. We had we got a lot of stuff we could talk about. I mean, we could talk all night. There's been so much stuff coming out of NASCAR. But uh but last deal, Stephen here, I want to get your thoughts on NASCAR has implemented the triple truck challenge in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors truck series. They're gonna have three tracks, Texas Motor Speedway, Iowa Speedway and Gateway Motorsports Park. That's a good choice, get with more sports park. That's an awesome track. I want to go to it one day. But can you sort of let everybody know what's going on with that triple truck challenge deal there, brother? It's, 
I believe it's five hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, so so the deal with this is is that there's fifty thousand dollars on the line uh for the winner of these events. If they can win the event, um there's an additional fifty thousand dollars that will go to them. Um if if they can win two events. If they can win all three events, there's a five hundred thousand dollar bonus that goes to the winner. So this is similar to the Winston Million uh from years ago where uh, if a driver can complete the challenge, then there's a bonus waiting for them as the winner. That sounds good, brother. And, again, I know uh, you and I, we stayed on another awesome show. But then, again, I want to, uh, before we jump out of here, I want to thank Spencer Board, Spencer Board, and uh, his he had his third episode last night on our on the Speedway Digest Radio Network Uh the Eagles Nest with Spencer Boyd. And uh, we got Adam Jason Sinclair. He does his Thursday Night Thunder every Thursday night. And, Stephen, we're coming up on race weekend, and I just thought of something that I have not looked at. I don't want to put you on the spot. We've got schedule. We're finally racing again. The Super Bowl's over. Uh, New England won again. Imagine that. But uh, I don't have it, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you have the race coverage for this weekend? Yeah, um, I can run through this pretty quickly for you. It's going to take me a second, but I can tell you, yeah, we're we're back to racing this time of year. We're we're going to be in Daytona um, just in a matter of a couple of days, actually. So you know, we've got the ARCA Racing Series that are going to kick off this weekend. So going throughout the weekend here at Daytona, oh Lord, come on. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, I just had pulled up here. Give me a minute here. I didn't mean to. Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Uh, what's that? What's well, that I didn't even think of that. I I got you. I did not think about the schedule. I was worried about talking to BJ McLeod, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, "Whoa, we're going racing this weekend at Daytona." Just uh, what's that? <laughs> well, I uh, heard. Uh, just just bounce it. That's right. So, uh, ARCA Racing Series Group Qualifying Friday at uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, NASCAR, let's see, Monster Energy practice has been going on throughout the day on Saturday for the Clash, as well as practice for Daytona uh, 500 pole and outside pole qualifying. Um, the ARCA Race, 80 laps, 200 miles for the Lucas Oil 200% by Jaron Tire, 445 for the ARCA Racing Series out there. 6.30, the random draw in the fan zone for um, the starting position and the pit selection for the clash at Daytona. Um, Sunday afternoon, uh, we're going to have 1210 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying. Pole and outside pole qualifying for the 61st annual Daytona 500 to begin uh, 12 p.m. Eastern. Fox has coverage on that. In Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series racing for the Auto Parts Clash at Daytona, 75 laps, 187.5 miles for them. 3 o'clock p.m. Fox also got your coverage. MRN, Series XM, um, Satellite Radio um, will also be covering that event from flag to flag. And then next week, we're just going to move on throughout the week. And um, we've got twins at Daytona, and we can talk about that next week. Feel it, brother. 
Thank you very much. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but like I said, I just all of a sudden thought, whoa, we got an on-track schedule that I hadn't thought nothing about. But, Steve, uh, I want to thank B.J. McLeod, uh, owner driver there at B.J. McLeod Motorsports, taking time to come on. We really appreciate him, and we're going to get him back on also. And, uh, Stephen, uh, you're headed down to Daytona, not this week, but you're leaving next week on Valentine's Day, correct? Yeah, I'm going to be there on Thursday. I'm going to go to the Twins, going to the truck race, Xfinity, Daytona 500, hang out for a couple of days. Then I'm going to go to Atlanta. I'll see you in Atlanta the, the following Friday. That's right. Do I need to pick you up at the airport, or are you going to catch a room? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach y'all to pick me up in the ATL. Oh Lord, Suzanne's gonna kill me. We'll pick you up in ATL. Now, where, uh, when's your flight scheduled back out of the ATL? Are you flying back out that Sunday evening, or are you gonna spend a night Sunday and then fly back out that Monday out of the ATL? No, no, I'm taking, I'm taking a flight out of there on uh, uh, Sunday night. My flight leaves at like nine o'clock or. 9.30 or something like that. So I'll be back here like 11 o'clock at night or so. Okay. Just let me know when you need me to pick you up. But, again, Stephen, thank you very much. This is our, I don't know how many seasons I'm covering, but um, we love the sport of NASCAR. Again, I want to thank B.J. McLeod for taking time out to come on. And, uh, Stephen, I want to thank you for everything that you do covering our website. Let everybody over there follow you on social media and your website, bro. You can follow us on Twitter at Speedway Digest, Facebook.com, Speedway Digest, and com. Uh, Brett Winningham, you can catch him on there. Um, Adam Coon, Matthew Jackson, everybody's on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. So follow us all throughout the season. Amen, brother. And uh, we want to say good night from Talladega, Alabama. Like I said, I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. We will talk to you next Tuesday night, uh, 6 Central, 7 Asian. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you next weekend, man.
On February 17th, 
the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com.